Welcome to the Mag Culture Podcast. I'm Jeremy Leslie and I'm at the Mag Culture Shop where I'm joined by our manager, Danielle Mustard, and one of our two guests for this episode. But before I bring them in, a few pieces of news. A couple of weeks back, it was announced that the original London edition of Time Out magazine was to close its print version. I used to art direct the magazine back when it was a paid-for and vital part of the London cultural scene, and the announcement came just weeks after a memorial for the magazine's founder, Tony Elliott. Tony died at the start of the lockdown, and it wasn't until March this year his family were able to hold an event to celebrate his life. The evening at the Roundhouse in Camden was a great tribute to him and it was clear as speaker after speaker delivered their contributions how influential Tony and his magazine were, not only on London's art and cultural scene but also on the wider magazine industry. He supported many, many smaller magazines and in particular uh, ID magazine, helping it avoid closing in the 1990s. By coincidence this week, ID marked the launch of a huge book about the magazine, published for its 40th anniversary. The book sifts through the history of the title, reproducing spreads from the four decades in chronological order. It's a brilliant book, and it opens with a transcript of the interview with founder Terry Jones that I did for episode 22 of this podcast. That episode is available the same place you're listening now. ID appears stronger than ever, busy online and still printing a hefty print edition every two months. Time out will be online only. I'm not sure quite what conclusion to draw from their different fates, but I do think we could still do the magazine about and for this great city we live in, something we might circle back to next time we're recording a podcast. Meanwhile, our Mag Culture Live New York event is coming up on Sunday the 22nd of May. The theme this time is collaboration, and among our many speakers, we have two brilliant sets of collaborators sharing their work and process. Editor-in-Chief Jake Silverstein and Design Director Gail Bishler from New York Times magazine and Richard Turley and Mel Ottenberg from Interview magazine. Check the journal for full details of the lineup and keep listening here as our second guest is Richard Turley talking about the relationship between his own magazine, Civilization, and the long-established Interview. But before we do that, let's catch up with Danielle and find out what's going on in the shop. What's been happening today? Uh, well, the sun is out in London again, so that's always nice. It means there are a lot more people kind of filtering in through the doors. Certainly as well in the last few months, there's definitely been more people coming from the States and from Europe again. So that's super lovely. It's really nice to have people visiting the city again and it feeling kind of a bit more usual. So yeah, that's been great. And what have you been enjoying on our shelves recently? Yeah, a few bits and pieces. I mean, we've had a lot of interesting things just over the last few weeks, really. You know, there's those mother tongue kicking about, and that's been uh, really interesting. More recently, um, we had the latest issue of Emergence magazine. Long awaited. Long, long awaited. So that's the ecology, culture and spirituality magazine coming out of the States. And it, it's super gorgeous, a really lovely cover this time, very colourful so you've just pulled out a copy there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the the third issue of theirs. It's always a nice, big, chunky publication. And it's themed living with the unknown. So there's a lot of things in there kind of about uncertainty, uh, unraveling, but also they look to the future. So I, I haven't properly sat down and read it, but I'm certainly going to be taking a copy home with me this weekend. Interestingly, they also have the the record with it, as as, as you mm-hmm. know. It features the artist Volker Bertelmann, and it's a companion soundtrack. And though currently I don't have a record player at home anymore, there is the ability to use QR codes, so you can listen on your phone. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. It's a nice mix of the two, isn't it? And you can buy the magazine with or without the vinyl. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
What what fascinated me in particular about this, and like you, there's a lot to read, and I haven't haven't made my way through it. Is that it's meeting some of the kind of climate disaster full on. It's quite mm, it's quite mm. doom laden, mm. but it doesn't seem un, it doesn't seem too sad and miserable. It's it's sort of finding a way through it. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's four themes in it. There's initiation, ashes, roots, and then futures. And I think they, you know, they, they kind of save the day a bit with the futures section. And I know there's a there's an interview with the Canadian scientist Susan Simard in there at the back, who I very luckily met a few weeks ago, kind is, of is randomly. Is she the tree lady? She is the tree lady, yes. Uh, so she wrote the book Finding the Mother Tree. So, yes, I'm very much looking forward to kind of getting stuck mm-hmm. into that and, and, and certainly reading that interview as well. One magazine I've been reading and enjoying is the latest Gentlewoman. I don't think it's a surprise to know that I enjoy that magazine, but it's just worth worth noting. I think that this this is the first without creative director Veronica Ditting at mm. the helm. She and Penny Martin have kind of forged this uh, an extraordinary working relationship, which made that magazine what it was. But thankfully, the shift is effortless, and new designer Florine Bonaventure has freshened up the pages without scaring anybody in terms of sort of changing it too much. Mm, it looks gorgeous. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, with uh, Natasha Lyon on the cover. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Been enjoying Russian Doll as well. But anyway. I will be watching that very soon, mm-hmm. based on your recommendations. <laughs> and then you've, you've been busy with Mushroom People. Oh, I have, you, yes. You've just written about... You, you, I did. There's, there's, a, there's mushrooms in the air. <laughs> they, they really are. Yes, I um, did my most recent It's This One Thing post on the Mushroom People magazine. It's created by the same people behind Broccoli, the cannabis mag from the US. It's not focusing on mushrooms in particular as a, as a drug. It's, it's more mushrooms generally as a, and, and the culture that surrounds them. But yeah, it's it's a super gorgeous, kind of weird, wonderful, ethereal magazine, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a joy to write about. Mm-hmm. By coincidence, I mean there there was that, and there's Mushroom People, which you were focusing on, mm-hmm. but there's also Mushroom Magazine. Yes, and um, people yeah. walking in off the street and asking for magazines about mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mushrooms are definitely having a, a moment. Um, and as I say in my piece, I'm, I'm not the first person to notice that or point it out. There's a lot going on in general popular culture about them at the minute. And yeah, in terms of magazines, we, we've got Mushroom People. We also have the, the British publication, The Mushroom, which is, is also very interesting and definitely worth a read as well. A slightly different vibe to, to Mushroom People. And there are certainly, there's, there's at least two or three other magazines that mention mushrooms. Kinfolk, um, one of their most recent issues. Um, and also off the running magazine, which have both kind of had pieces focusing more on the psychedelic side of mushrooms, mm-hmm. but uh, very interesting to note. There's always themes going on. There's always things. It's great, yeah, great. Sometimes absolutely. It's, yeah. you have all these magazines at your fingertips. You can spot the links. Yes, it is yeah. great. I love it when that happens. Colours as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah absolutely. There's a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of very pale magazines. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an idea that Mushroom People will also appeal to our first guest, uh, who is Claire Milbraith of Editorial Magazine. Claire, welcome. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you here. It's um, You're visiting from, uh, from Canada? Yeah. How have you found London? I love it. I've already changed my flight to oh, yeah? extend my trip for okay. longer. Is it your first visit? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. my first time across the pond. Wow, okay. Well, well, well double welcome. Thanks. Um... <laughs> And you were here for to launch the issue, which happened last yeah. week. Well, I mostly just came for fun. Mm-hmm. And then while I was here, I thought we should do a launch. Yeah, yeah. And how was the launch? It was really nice. I was worried the first hour no one came in. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. 
But then it turned out to be such a sweet night. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet all these people I'd worked with, like internet friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of the special feeling of having like internet friends for the last decade and then meeting them in person. Yeah. And it's like you already have known them or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was kind of special. So there's quite, there's quite a lot of people living in London who are contributing to the magazine and have been over the years. Yeah. Uh -huh. I've had a couple editors that were based here, so they were kind of pitching London mm -hmm. content, which was really, it was weird. It was kind of serendipitous, like preparing me for this trip. The last couple years, we've done a lot of London features. I find London's kind of a hub right now for like emerging fashion designers and also just print magazines. Yeah, it's a, there's certainly a lot happening print wise. Um, to turn that back to where to, to Canada and and, uh, and Montreal, is, is there much happening print wise there? I am not sure. I'm kind of out of the scene there because I left Montreal maybe almost two years ago, and I kind of retired from the IRL world, like, so I don't really know what's going on that much there. I, I can't let that go by without asking more. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've retired from the IRL world, so um, is this some sort of cocoon existence? or? <laughs> I basically, I moved back to my hometown, uh -huh. and it's a quiet, small town with not much mm -hmm. culturally happening. And I just thought I'll I'll do most of my culture like online, mm -hmm. and kind of remove myself physically from the scene. Mm -hmm. But actually, then I started to crave seeing art in person and meeting people. So that's why I came here to get my fill. Yeah. Okay. And it sounds like you've been doing that. So aside from meeting a lot of contributors, the launch party, uh, what what have you what else have you done in London that has struck you as? I've tried to see like as much art as possible. Mm -hmm. I kind of OD'd on art. I went to the National Art Gallery like 10 times. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because okay. <laughs> it takes me a long time. Like I can only do an hour yeah. at yeah. a time. I can relate to that, yeah. And then I went to a lot of different openings, which I find so fun here. Like I go by myself and then people are just so nice. Like I end up making friends and going to the pub after, mm -hmm. which has been really fun. I want to turn back the magazine in a minute, but you're also a practicing artist yourself. You're you're painting and making. And yeah. I was really eyeballing some galleries I want to work with mm -hmm. here. But in the art world, it's kind of a faux pas to, like, approach them. So you just have to subtly, like, flirt with the galleries <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you like. So that's what I've been up to, too. Did you have any reciprocal flirting? I'm not sure. I've been in a couple group shows in London, but... I haven't really broken into the art scene here. Well, I hope that pans out well in that sense. But one thing I can tell you, editorial magazine, from our point of view, has has, has been breaking through. It's always we've we've always supported it, always had it, and it's sold and it moved. But we've never had sort of really got into reordering. But this new issue, the twenty first one, has been selling really well. We've re reordered it, and there's suddenly I don't know. There's it, it's having a moment. Do do you feel that? Does that reflect in your experience generally? I think so. Well. It took a long time for it to come out. Mm -hmm. Like yes. our last one, issue 20, I felt like had really good buzz when it came out. And then I feel like I just got kind of exhausted. And it almost felt like the magazine went to sleep for a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
during the pandemic. That, that yeah, distraction. Yeah, yeah, and me and my editors all just got pretty distracted with our other jobs and personal lives. But now it's like it took a year and a half to make this issue, which is the longest it's ever taken. So I feel like it has been a pretty like exciting release because maybe people thought the magazine wasn't going to happen anymore or something. Well, they've certainly been waiting for it and, and have been picking it up and right now it's arrived. Now, for me, it's one of those magazines you really have to get your hands on it to understand it. It's a very much, you know, uh, we talk here about magazines being their own little worlds or, or windows onto a world. And this, this magazine, perhaps more than many, is really specifically that. It is a world of its own. The aesthetic and everything about it is very unique. And a key reference point has always been the, um, the Cabbage Patch Kids Oh, yeah. And that kind of thing, which, again, I see, I see uh, appear uh, in this issue. There was, some, yeah, was there's... somebody dressed up as one or something. No, there's <laughs> oh, just a few it's little a big doll. hiding. Yeah, yeah. They're always in there. But, but for anyone unfamiliar with it, how do you describe it? I usually say it's a platform for emerging artists. Mm-hmm. And I try to have maintain like a sense of humour. And there's always a bit of a Halloween theme happening in it for some reason Mm -hmm. especially with this issue and I try to mix um more established artists with like unheard of artists to kind of level the playing field Mm -hmm. and now I'm trying this new thing where we mix in kind of like stars with um like unheard of artists which I kind of love to do that describes the content well and sort of nature you you know it is a platform for art but there's also a very specific well, to my, to my eye, there's no magazine that we have in the shop quite looks like it in terms of the way the type is done. And, and, and there's, That's sweet. Um, we'll be hearing from Richard Turley shortly, and I know one of his complaints about indie mags is they all look the same. I'm not sure I agree with that, but he certainly editorial magazine can't be accused of looking like the others. It, it is full. There's barely a white space in there. It's... <laughs> it's, it's full on and, and really exciting. It's like, you know... Thanks. Ha- and, and that, for me, is a very particular thing. And is that, is that just something that happens, that that's how you do it and that's how it happens? Or have you sought to kind of try and be Um I think it's one of those things, like, I don't know, because I, I didn't have any background in graphic design. And I always saw that as, like, an obstacle because it's like I don't know how to use the programs and design it. But now I'm seeing it as kind of a good thing like there's a lot of mistakes like visual mistakes in the issue but I do notice that a lot of magazines look really clean and I kind of like zone out when I'm flipping through them Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of grateful that editorial is a bit of a mess with the graphic design and I just my friend has like a massive porn collection like retro porn Mm -hmm. magazines Mm -hmm. and I usually look through those Uh to get ideas, but my references are, like, all over the map with it. I think the way that I do things, because I don't really have a good handle on the tech, adds to it. Like, a lot of it is, like, quote-unquote DIY, like, where it's, like, I need a letter to look a certain way and I'll, like, paint it in Photoshop and, like, place it in. Like, just weird stuff where it's, like, I think if a graphic designer took a look at what I was doing, they would be, like, what... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no that that comes across and it's i mean i find it really compelling because you're right i mean i'm a graphic designer and i i could never do this but it fascinates me <laughs> that somebody does do it because it is so you know 
according to all the rules, it's wrong. But that's, who's to say? I mean, it's, it's not wrong, it's just different. I actually was looking at Dizzy Meg mm-hmm. yeah. that you guys have. And what's their sister magazine? Mizu. Yeah, yeah, I was flipping through that and I was like, okay, is this intentional? Like, you know, when I first made editorial, I used 12-point font, which is like what you do in school, like mm-hmm. to print. And it's such a faux pas, like to <laughs> use 12. But I saw they were doing it, and I'm like, that looks amazing. And whether or not it was intentional, it was just really, like, appeals to me when something's, like, wrong visually. I don't know why. But then, the, yeah, but it's, it's, a really, it's a really interesting conversation because it's wrong, but then, I mean, I know, you're using the word wrong, but then for you it's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It certainly brings me faith because uh, I don't have any design training either. So <laughs> it's great to hear that you're, uh, you know, you're producing something that's still so messy but gorgeous. Um, so uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna inspire all of those non-art school students to uh, to get out there and make messy, beautiful magazines. That's good. I was thinking a lot about how the more you know about something, like uh, the more blocks you have mm. to it. Like even meeting people that I've featured in the magazine in London, like if I know a lot about them and I kind of revere them, I'm pretty shy to meet them. And it's like almost better to go in not knowing all the little details about yeah. something. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a clean slate. You can just kind of go in there and try stuff and not really know if it's quote unquote wrong or right. So uh I mean, editorial's doing pretty good, so, uh, yeah. As discussed, it's got, it's got a very um, devoted audience, so you're doing something right. Thanks. You guys are, like, the ultimate magazine fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the library of all the indie magazines here. Well, thank you. It's pretty sweet. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your stay. Have you got plans? I only have a couple days left. Uh-huh. I'm kind of burnt out, actually. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of stuff. I've been going to that ladies' bathing pond in Hampstead. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll probably do that a couple more times. Mm-hmm. But that's, Excellent. like, the most Canadian thing is that, I've yeah, found is that, in London. <laughs> is that Canadian? Is that something? Yeah, like cold swimming. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of always go, when I go on trips, I just find the thing that's closest to home. Mm-hmm. And do that, and people are like, why are you going to the beach? Like, (laughs) you're in Tokyo. But yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Claire. Enjoy the rest of your stay here. We'll be back after this break. London printers Park Communications play a key part in the independent publishing scene, helping ambitious magazine makers turn their dreams into reality. Take a look at the latest issues of Mother Tongue, ID and Kinfolk to get a sense of what's possible. Very different magazines, all beautifully produced. As well as helping you achieve the highest creative standards, Park are fully committed to helping you produce your magazine in the most environmentally friendly and sustainable manner. Check their website for details. Search Park Communications. Just like us at MagCulture, Park Communications love magazines and we're proud to have them sponsor this podcast. Our second guest for this episode is Richard Turley, who should need little introduction. 
Richard first came to prominence around 10 years ago with his relaunch of Bloomberg Business Week, after which he rather left publishing uh, for television and then advertising. But now he's very much involved in magazines again. He's editorial director of Interview, another magazine with a healthy history behind it. He and collaborator Mel Ottenberg have made it one of the most exciting and vital contemporary magazines in terms of both content and presentation. Plus, he continues to publish Civilization, his occasional broadsheet zine. I spoke to Richard in New York on Zoom. So, Richard, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, as always. Where are you today? You're, you're in your New York studio? Yeah, I am. I've been here for about 10 minutes. I'm on my first cup of coffee. I slept quite well. I feel rested. <laughs> so you have a routine. You have a, There's a routine to your life in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I mean, I, I've, I've, I can't, I've come to work pretty much every day throughout the whole kind of pandemic, almost, you know, for, for the last couple of years. I mean, on and off. Apart from the right at the beginning, um, I was lucky enough to kind of have a friend, Christian, uh, at commercial type, who kind of let me sort of sit at a desk while everything else was closed and, and commercial type were kind of rem- working remotely. So I've actually kind of been in, in an office situation for, for pretty much the duration. So, and um, yeah, and I am quite structured. I do like to come to work. I, I get up early. I'm, as I got older, I'm getting up earlier. So I'm kind of up about half six and sometimes in the office by like half seven. You know, um, I'm a bit, I'm an early bird, grab my coffee in the way. That sounds to me like a, a, it's a kind of very New York routine of up early. I don't know. I mean, like, I, think I, 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 I think I'm a little bit unusual in terms of people that I know. They tend to kind of rock in about 11, honestly. But I suppose that you can kind of pick, you know, it's kind of choose your own adventure, isn't it, really, in life. And so you can kind of do, you know, whatever works for you but um yeah i don't know i did they, I, i'm an, i put it this way i'm, an, I'm, an, I'm alone in the office till about half 11 I'm like, so, <laughs> so i think i'm probably a little bit on yeah. the early side and and you're um you're very much back in magazines now i mean it felt like for, for a period you were you turned your back on it well in, in some ways yeah i mean i do a lot of you know i do a bunch of other stuff as well but i suppose the more visible stuff is um is magazines um you know, it seems to be the thing that people are more interested in, in terms of talking about. So I think it, it tends to sort of skew a little bit artificially because it's, um, it, you know, it's more interesting talking about a magazine than it is to talk about, you know, ad campaign or a bit of branding, right? You know, so, so I think that kind of, you know, there's a little bit less interest in that, I think. But so, so I think it's a little bit of an artificial distortion of kind of like how I actually spend my days. But um, but certainly I feel very much, you know, I, never, you know, I, I, I left magazines for... Probably about four years, maybe you know, and kind of and, and you know needed sort of enjoyed having that break and needed sort of needed to have that break actually I think, and then kind of when I sort of came back and I started doing Civilization, it was with a sort of a renewed sort of understanding of kind of not renewed understanding, but it was a kind of with a renewed vigor, let's say, and kind of a renewed sort of sense of exploration and you know kind of without really thinking without having thought about a magazine for, for really a very, very long time. You know, four years is still quite a long time, really. Do, do you look back at, at, at kind of Bloomberg Business Week in that period? I mean, it was weekly. I mean, were you burnt out by the end of it? No, no, I, I don't think so, no. I mean, um, I, 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 I felt like the, the impulse to, to leave Bloomberg, it wasn't, it was, you know, there was a bit of it about leaving magazines and kind of just feeling like I've just got to grow another... So, you know, you've got to, got to grow another limb, you know, in terms of kind of like, you know, kind of on a career kind of path. I thought that kind of I, I, I was going to struggle 
to do interesting things in magazines long term if I'd stayed in in the kind of type of job that I had. And so I, I felt like I needed to sort of to diversify and to kind of to do to grow some new skills or whatever, or kind of just like um, you know, video obviously was kind of happening then and I kind of you know, in a really sort of you know, things were becoming more moving. And you know, I, I don't know, I didn't really have a plan, but I think the kind of the impulse to 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 need to move and to kind of to to do something new and just to not be reliant on magazines is the only way I'm gonna make you know, pay the mortgage for the next kind of 25 years or whatever was was a significant one. Um, I didn't really think about it as a sort of, I'm leaving magazines behind that I remember anyway. Maybe maybe there, were, there was something there. But, I, I, you know, it wasn't a sort of a divorce in that sort of sense. It was just more about gathering more things and ways of expressing, you know, expressing myself and kind of doing work, I think, you know, kind of just sort of broadening my, my own sort of skill set. So well, let's. I mean, look at impulses, and there, there was a. Uh, obviously, you, you you felt something that m- meant you needed to go back into make not just making a magazine, but actually publishing your own magazine with Civilization. What what drove that? Well, the main impulse was just that you know working. I just needed something that was mine, you know. And I think I'd kind of like that, like when I was at MTV, I, I you know genuinely the work that I was doing there, I felt a kind of a strong sense of ownership over. Right? And I was working with kind of quite a large team. But that team, you know, those kind of that, that group of people that that I kind of put together, you know, I I I, I you know I I I felt a large sense of ownership over. I kind of felt kind of very involved with the work. When I went to an ad agency, that started to sort of dissipate pretty quickly. Where you you know the the job I had there was more of a you know being flown around and kind of just given kind of a job to you know given a kind of short term job to do to help with the brief, help with kind of uh, pitch. Uh, that tended to be the kind of work that they wanted me to do. And so I just, I had, you know, less and less opportunity to kind of to feel attached to work. You know, I I, I enjoyed the processes of, of of kind of, you know, going to Japan or whatever and kind of sitting in a room and kind of figuring out ideas with with a bunch of people. I feel, you know, I really enjoyed that. But I did really, you know, but I, I'd, I'd learned to miss sort of, you know, the, the authorship, is a bit of a thorny issue in kind of graphic design. And I think it's probably, there's a little bit too much kind of emphasis put on it sometimes, but I did sort of miss, it wasn't actually, no, that's kind of skewing the conversation. It wasn't really authorship that I missed. I just missed having my kind of hands on something and something that kind of I could control and manipulate that was mine. Output. It's just having something physical that you, that you could say, yeah, I, I did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, I, it was also kind of post the Formula One kind of project, which was kind of very intensive and kind of, and I probably was burnt out kind of post that. And I think if I was, if, if you were my therapist, Jeremy, which you may, you may, <laughs> maybe in some way, um, I would say that kind of returning in returning to magazines and returning to kind of a safe space and kind of just sort of you know something that kind of I could just retreat into and kind of just flex in a kind of quite a private way. That sounds a bit weird, but kind of you know just was 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 quite attractive, you know, and it was kind of just something that kind of you know that was all me and that was just for me really. It was it's kind of quite personal, like this whole kind of civilization project really. So, so I think that was a motivation. Also, I just kind of, I just thought magazines, instead of, you know, no offense to anyone who makes it, were just a bit shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like I was kind of frustrated that, that, that there used to be this kind of, um, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I, that my attempts to course correct have been successful, but kind of, you know, like there used to be this kind of place of experimentation and, and you know, exploration and, and, and excitement. And 
you kind of walk into a magazine store, or, or certainly over here, certainly over here anyway. I mean, I, I, you know, your, yours is definitely an exception to the rule, but they all just like look the same. You know, they just you know the the, the kind of the the, the highly produced Condes and Hearsts all sort of just were still are pretty terrible. Let's be honest, and. The, the, the kind of a lot of the independent magazines were just all kind of so identical. They all just like look like kind of kinfolk or whatever. And, you know, they just you know just they just didn't have any blood and guts to them. And and you know, and again, I kind of grew up in a time of you know Brody and you know kind of dazed and it's kind of you know like a round thrive. I kind of really loved kind of growing up. Kind of, you know, all these kind of like you know David Carson. You know, it, it, it was just a sort of an environment where of, of 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 experimentation and and you know it was genuinely exciting to kind of pick a publication up and I just didn't really feel like that anymore and you know it, it and so I don't know it was, it was you know it, it it sounds incredibly conceited and kind of arrogant to kind of to suggest that that kind of you could you know that that, that what I do is the equivalent of that or kind of but I just I wanted to at least try and take the form and fuck with it and kind of do something that hadn't necessarily been seen before or is seen in a slightly kind of different way. That's what interests me in terms of your comment about uh, authorship and, and that sort of uh, phenomenon within graphic design, because it seems to me actually a lot of what you do is very much about that. It's very much about adding your opinion on the page through how you present stuff. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I think I have. I mean, you know, look, you have to take my work as kind of I do quite a lot of work, right? And so, and and I think there there are definitely some, you know, the the stuff that kind of perhaps I'm more excited about, or get more excited about, or share more, is the stuff which is, has a higher sense of authorship attached to it. So it's I don't want to kind of kind of paint a picture where that, that 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 is the case all the time. But I have been kind of like lucky enough, and I have kind of built up enough trust with the people I work with to to perhaps kind of push a little bit of my own personality into kind of projects in a way that others may struggle and. You know, and I think, as I said, I think that's mostly kind of through trust and through kind of rather than just being kind of gifted the keys to the kind of the, to the car or whatever. But again, there's a whole lot of stuff which has not, which is which which I do every day, which hasn't got a huge sense of authorship about it. For sure, but but, but 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 then this is a kind of classic dichotomy between the sort of day job and the rest of the work, whatever or however you want to describe it. But there is, I mean, you see it, see it, in, it even with the uh, traditionally with, for instance, photographers in a magazine, they, they they'll publish their work in the magazine. For, for visibility and then go and do the ad campaign to earn the money. I mean, do you see it like that? Not really, no. I'm not, I've never been quite as, you know, like the work, the way that work has come to me is, hasn't necessitated that or kind of, or I've never really had to, you know, that said, like civilization opened more doors to me than I, I thought, than I anticipated at the time. I thought I'd be doing a kind of just a sort of something that, I don't, I don't know what I thought I was doing right in, 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 in right when I first began that this project. But you know, I, I, I would be very, I would have been very, very surprised if you tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Actually, you're going to do this." That you know, interview magazines are going to come along because they saw Civilization, you know, Barney. You know, like, you know I, did, I have got work as a consequence of of Civilization and kind of and, and the visibility of that of that product. Um, and I probably and I, as a result of that, well, I know. You know, you, you get work based on the last work you do often, don't you? So kind of it's hard to kind of to disentangle that that sort of narrative or that kind of that chain of events from the, those that follow. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever been quite as calculated as to see to say that 
this is where you know this is a sort of shop window for me you know i've kind of genuinely just tried certainly with civilization to do something that i yeah yeah it, it, it needn't be calculated but it's still i mean it seems to be well, well there's this there's this beautiful balance right between in in kind of working as I do, which is essentially kind of like an applied artist, if you like, or kind of a digraph designer within the kind of the applied arts, which is a sort of a little bit of an, you know, kind of an ancient term, but I still think it's a pretty good one to describe what I do. Um, where you kind of, where, you know, you, you take on jobs for the money, you know, you take on jobs because, you know, they, you know that, that there is a sort of, yeah, yeah, I mean, not just for the money, but for the, you know, because they are the bigger jobs, you know, you, you, uh, whilst you do that, you invariably, but not all the time, you invariably sacrifice a little bit of the kind of the, the sharp edges from those kind of projects, you know, those, those, those tend to be a little bit more kind of middle of the road. Um, and then you have the kind of the stuff over the, to the side, which is kind of, if you like, if you're talking in agency terms, like more kind of cultural work, which you kind of do for less money. But with that, you hope to kind of to, to attract a sort of different type of person looking at your work and you kind of hope to learn things through doing that work that can that, that push other projects forward. And so, you know, and then ideally you have this kind of virtuous circle where the kind of, the, the, you know, the, the cultural work, the smaller work, the kind of the, the more personal work informs the bigger work. And then and, and actually vice versa, you know, that, that, you, that you learn a lot of stuff from the kind of working with big brands or kind of big projects that kind of feeds into the smaller stuff. And so, you know, that, that is, I think, as my understanding of it, is a happy place to be if you're, if you're, you know, or rather it's a happy place for me, you know, kind of in kind of terms of kind of like running a company or running my own business and thinking about my own kind of work, you know, having, I don't want just, I don't want to do civilization all the time. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's kind of an absolute fucking nightmare to do it all the time, you know, but, but equally, I, I, you know, I, I enjoy having a kind of a pillow to scream into sort of civilization or whatever, or kind of, you know, that, there is a way from kind of the bigger projects, which inv- invariably have more infrastructure around them, far much, much, much more scaffolding, and kind of, kind of have a, just a different weight and temperature to to them. You know, though I must say, I still enjoy those big projects. You know, I'm not that's not dismissive of those things at all. It's just that there is a different, you know, it's it's just a different way of working. Yeah, I'm interested. You describe um, civilization as a pillow to scream into. I, I get that entirely, and it, it often comes across in in, in some of the. The, the slogans on the covers and uh, etc. Um, so tell me more about the sort of instigation of that because everything else we've talked about, the other projects you've been involved in, you've been very much the kind of the creative director, art director, designer, the person that takes other people's stuff and makes it presentable in whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But in this case, and it goes back to this idea of authorship. You, you know, you're very uh, instrumental working with Lucas Mascatello, who's more formally an editor, but. The two of you put together this magazine, and what 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 are you trying to? I mean, apart from from sort of um, a bit of self analysis and and, and uh, therapy for you, what, what are you trying to communicate to the reader? What what's the story? Well, well it, it's changed over time. I mean, we've, I forget how many years we've been doing this now, but we've been doing it for a few years. The motivation was to, to the, was to to make a magazine that felt keyword felt like New York like walking around the city and that and that you know so in you know so traditional interviews but also almost more like field field recordings that kind of that that, that kind of gave you a kind of a taste or a kind of a smell almost of kind of like what it is like to kind of live in a big city um so, so that was the kind of and, and I don't think we've come so far away from that that we've lost sight of it but 
we became far more interested in the <laughs> the smells and the kind of and and the odors and the kind of and and and, and the, the the personal bits and the kind of the personal observations and the kind of almost like the inner landscape of the city slightly pretentiously but kind of became much more kind of interesting to us and so we just sort of we we, we bent ourselves very quickly into that you know within a kind of an issue or two I think really it had become far more about the inner landscape and the kind of and and this sort of inner monologue that we kind of have and that we spit out occasionally on kind of you know on social media platforms or whatever or kind of you know that it, it became about this kind of yeah about this and, and I think screaming to a pillow is a pretty good analogy really sometimes it's kind of it, it, it feels you know it's quite desperate it's very self-indulgent a lot of the a lot of the language and pertinent to this issue we've really dialed that up more so than than in any other issue I mean there used to be some kind of I mean it, I think reading it before you know it, it, it was it was it was readable I mean you could read it you know in, you know and and but it, there was a lot of kind of text on the page and the kind of the idea of it was that, that it was a kind of a big jigsaw puzzle from a design kind of point of view where you kind of put together very contrasting kind of pieces of content so you would read about you know drink a cup of coffee in one sense and then I'm, and then directly next to it you'd be sort of hearing about someone kind of like you know breaking up from their boyfriend or something and so you, you'd have this kind of collision of content that would kind of vibrate off each other I used to think or used to hope so you you know your eye would kind of start around and you know you no one reads everything but you kind of you'd read a little bit then you'd sort of your eye would be taken back to this kind of bit of bold copy which could have said something kind of like completely different from what you're reading and that there was it kind of created this sort of this sort of friction between all these kind of content pieces but but it was constrained but but the, you know that there, there was division you know and this issue we've just completely separated that division and it's just you know it was very much informed by some of the things that we did over the lockdown we did these letters over the lockdown where we kind of you know you sent us three three dollars we we, we 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 did this kind of letter which i kind of printed out my my little inkjet printer at home which was a, a lot more kind of a lot less structured and a lot just a lot, a lot vaguer you know, was kind of using kind of print materials we we found in stationery shops and staples and kind of places like that, and kind of printed stuff on them. But that, I mean, that was a really interesting kind of extension of what you're doing to uh, to, to to my eye because it, it it really sort of swung the barometer off to the other side, almost to an art project. But that wasn't really the intention. But like you know, it was. It, I, I suppose it in doing it it may be that, that that's how it, you could kind of process that or look at that thing i mean i have a kind of a slight allergy to being you know to art art you know graphic designers who kind of move into art world is just a slightly horrible kind of cliche that you know i don't know you know you sort of find it, it's just a bit like gnarly isn't it and so kind of I'm, I'm really kind of quite desperate not to kind of to identify but i suppose i see i see what you're saying I know exactly what you mean, and uh, 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 but that only becomes awkward when you're the one saying that it's art, <laughs> right? <Okay. laughs> you know, right. I think, yeah. I think, and, but but, yeah. but, but, but certainly the, the the concept of the of that letter format was was it was a different thing. Yeah, I mean, the impulse was similar to other art projects that were unseen. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, the impulse was just a sort of in a time where you can touch or see anyone to have something that actually had been touched by someone. You know, was kind of felt quite like quite an intimate. Thing and kind of po- you know re- receiving something in the in the in the mail is is quite a is, you know is it, actually still quite an intimate thing you know in particular if, it, if there's kind of hand gestures on it and you know kind of I, I get this 
yeah, I get this one from this guy. God, yeah, there's some reason a kind of church keeps writing to me, but like it's a very every time it kind of comes, you know, which is like this kind of like weird circular letter, <laughs> and kind of it's but it's signed by someone, and that kind of that has a that has a it, it has a depth to it, has a weight to it as a consequence of that. So kind of you know, um, anyway, so that's a side issue. But the impulse was to kind of to do something kind of personal, but was a bit, but that was a lot less structured because we just can print a magazine at that point, or we can print a kind of a paper or do anything like that. So. Um, but it did end up informing, you know, and, and I think when we started doing the new issue, I think there were, that, that was a kind of a big factor, just thinking about that project that we did. But also, I mean, and then also kind of, I just wanted to do it more quickly. You know, I just kind of thought, okay, so like this endless jigsaw puzzle thing kind of was just driving me a little bit mad. I kind of could we speed the process up. And the answer to that was no, we couldn't speed the process up. It took just as long to do it and it's just as messy. I just want to drive back to this process and, and this jigsaw puzzle as you describe it, because in case anybody listening has never seen a copy, it's broadsheet. It's, these are huge pages that stretch almost to AO when they're open, uh, and it's packed. It, it, there isn't a, 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 a piece of spare space on the page. It's packed with information and words, small text, and it is a, it's a huge jigsaw, but it also somehow... Like a lot of those sort of things where it's very hard to make, it looks very simple. It doesn't look, it looks like it's just all been put on the page and bang, it's done. But it takes you a long time, right? It, it does take a long time. <laughs> yeah, it does, it does take a long time. You know, read into that what you will. Uh, as I said, I hoped it would take a lot, it would be a lot quicker this process this time. But I started in December and it's now almost May. And so it's taken just as long to do as, as before. And like, you know, that, you know, it, 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 you know, admittedly, that is not me working nine to five on it for endlessly, but it's kind of, in, you know, you, you have to weave it in and around other kind of pieces of work that you're doing, et cetera. And kind of, and then sometimes actually I just don't want to do it. And, you know, you just get so sick of it. You just put it down for a couple of weeks or something and then come back. So it's, you know, it, it but I, I suppose just being kind of honest with that process now, I know that it's still, going to take a long time to do you know it just does does take a long time to do i think in kind of doing it i i wanted to do something that i hadn't seen before or that felt a kind of an expression in newsprint that kind of that that felt unique to to me the time we're living in the sort of you know and that, that and, and that ended up taking a little bit longer than i thought just because it's just you know, there are, it's it's just a very layered document, you know, and kind of, and I, I was trying to, I was kind of inventing processes for myself, you know. I mean, at one one point, well, actually for quite a long time, I just refused to delete anything, and so I kind of, you know, I just, I, I kind of had this approach to sort of, you know, using design. I'm like the proest user in design that you can ever meet. I know everything, you know. It's it's my one means of kind of communication, <laughs> of, of kind of expression. So. But by doing that, you sort of, you know, and obviously I'm just talking about delete key here. Everyone knows what the fucking delete key is. But kind of, I, I think I, I was try, I tried to kind of limit some of the kind of the options that you have or the, that I was given. And so I kind of, there was a lot. So there's about two months where I just refused to delete anything. And so if I want, if I didn't like something, I'd scribble it out. So it became sort of quite, you know, so I, I was really trying to kind of invent new ways of me thinking and kind of putting this kind of stuff on the page at the same time of that. And it, you know, it, it just took a long, you know, it took a while to kind of to feel feel my way through that and to get something after all that, that I, I kind of felt good about. And I mean, I was like looking through it yesterday, last night, actually, I'm still not really sure about a lot of it. I think it's, I think there's kind of some interesting kind of things in there, but it's definitely sort of feels like a kind of a first step in the journey. It's, it's a significant shift. I mean, I mean, it's much more um, chaotic 
yeah, well, I wanted, I wanted to, you know, I keep using this word feel, and I kind of find myself in emails using this word a lot, you know, but I just, I wanted you to feel it, you know, rather than necessarily read it, you know, I, you know, I think you can sort of read it, you know, it is difficult to read, but I really want, but the main motivation was that you to pick it up and kind of just get kind of sucked into it, and, and you know, to sort of each page is is sort of designed almost to be seen as a whole and then to be, you know, you can kind of zoom into it and kind of read, read little, little pieces of it. And, you know, I, I wanted, so, so, so the bigger, so, so there are kind of two concerns really. The, like the first concern being that each page operated as its own thing, you know, and, and you could look at it and kind of enjoy it if you like, or kind of just, or, or just get a sense of it from just the kind of the, from, from, from looking at the page. But then, you know, then you have this kind of journey that you could kind of just pick out words and, you know, and, and kind of read little kind of pieces of it. So there was that sort of going on with the design. Um, you know, but I, I just, yeah, it was, but it, it's a lot more fractured, a lot, a lot, lot more fractured, and it's a lot more blended. And it, it, it I, I, I think, you know, we were doing it through the longest winter that I've ever experienced, <laughs> kind of nuclear winter potentially. But kind of, you know, it, it, it felt like the kind of conditions that we kind of produced. That, that it was being produced in were reflected in in this the, the kind of in the way it looks, which it you know it's confused and complicated and you know I mean I you know it's it's a funny kind of thing. So I'm darting around a bit here, but kind of like what is it is I also kind of like wanted to do something utterly repellent, you know, and kind of <laughs> I wanted to do you know I, I, we kind of alighted or I kind of like alighted on this kind of and it's a bit clickbaity, but this idea of kind of 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 you know. Uh, Lou Reed's Metal Machine Music, which was just this kind of like album feedback, and it, like that became kind of a, a bit of a, a, a kind of a guiding light in some respects because of, ju- of just sort of trying to do something. You know, I'm, I'm not suggesting kind of my entire life is is, is like this zigzag and kind of you zig we zag, but I, you know, there is this sort of need to be liked at the moment. You know, you, you, you want to do something that kind of gets kind of you know everything is just oh it's beautiful it's lovely you know it's kind of you know there is you know the the, the, the abjectness and the ugliness there isn't so much of a home for that anymore and kind of you know in magazines you pick up are called already beautiful and elegant and quite spare and kind of and sort of in, you know and, and and you know that's fine but I, you know i just wanted to do something again which kind of that used a different impulse and that was gnarly and, and you know and the, and the content itself the words are kind of are pretty, you know, it's it's a lot of of self analysis, a lot of moaning, a lot of crying, a lot of kind of just like, oh, why aren't I rich enough? Why aren't why are all my friends doing better than me? When you're saying stuff like that, you, you, you're quoting other people's words. You're you're quoting other people's emotions, or are you talking personally? Well, what we did this time was we actually used AI to kind of to, to generate quite a lot of the content, and so we, you know, we the, we used we sort of kind of got a little bit. I mean, it sounds a bit of a weird thing to say, but kind of became more interested in kind of making machines cry than than hearing humans kind of you know, emote you know and I thought that was just a bit you know you know everyone can kind of just I don't know it just it, it felt like a kind of a more interesting impulse to sort of to do something that was kind of generated that was that, that came from a kind of different you know just from a different place which wasn't just all you know which wasn't just the kind of the same i mean we, we just, we've got a lot of people in it no it's not it, it's probably about I don't, I, mean, I don't know what the kind of percentage is but we would feed old issues into kind of the in, in, into this kind of ai tool that we have and kind of it would spit out new interview you know there's a, there's a whole there's a little bit of an art to kind of to to, to to producing it 
but there within it there's a mix and but we haven't identified which bits are which you know so so it's kind of it's a mix of kind of machine learn text and real text and it's just you know sometimes it's just like lucas and me talking you know it's diaries which are kind of come from kind of you know we we, we actually can this this one girl that we work with sent us this huge bunch of text messages from her and her boyfriend and her break here so that so it's this kind of mix of of me lucas machines friends and it's just a sort of soup or kind of stew if you like of kind of different uh, and then when it comes to you know you've got this all these ingredients and you're making the stew on the page are you doing that completely on your own is that something you do Pretty much. I mean, Lucas kind of, you know, Lucas isn't really the editor, actually. He's like more a strategist writer, you know, and so we kind of, you know, he did a lot of strategy for kind of for, for agencies and kind of people like that. He's just a really smart, kind of interesting guy. And so at the end, we come in and, you know, we we, we, we probably had a kind of a good kind of over a period of a good couple of weeks, we would kind of like wrangle it and kind of just try and fix all the correct spelling errors, which we never do. So, but yeah, it's pretty much me. And so kind of, you know, he would, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a it's a combination of things really. I mean, we have a kind of a Dropbox where we kind of just throw things. We crowdsource a lot of it. Kind of, you know, we we have kind of people that send us stuff. And you know, the one piece of crowdsourcing that we did this time is this thing called the Hate List, which runs through it. So you know, so that is real people who are kind of just anonymized. So you know, might as well be a machine, honestly. Um, so so there 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 are humans. You know, there's a significant amount of humans involved, but you know, but different to this moment is that there's also quite a lot of machines involved. And it's subtitled the the black dog issue, or it's the black dog. Yeah, so that that's a kind of it's a it's depression, right? So it yeah. kind of I think I think it was like Samuel Johnson kind of came up with that phrase, the black dog, that kind of like looks behind you, and kind of this shadow of kind of depression. Mm-hmm. Like it, it got a little bit more famous through Winston Churchill, I think. I mean, the whole issue is quite bleak. It's quite it's you know, like I said before, we've tried to make something quite abject, quite kind of distressing not distressing but just kind of something kind of that is very self-obsessed and you know a lot of me's and a lot of you know as i said like why aren't i rich enough why aren't i successful why aren't i like you know why is everyone else doing better than me and you know why, why can't i find love why can't why you know there's there was a, a there's a number of different little catalysts for that thought it's the instagram problem isn't it well what's the instagram problem well in terms of that everyone else's life is better yeah, yeah, no, I think I, you know, well, I think there's so many like layers to this now, and you know, we throw sort of pandemics and nuclear wars and NFTs <laughs> into, into the mix. I mean, and there's any any number of different ways to kind of to feel useless about yourself or kind of hopeless. Just going back to what you were saying um, in terms of uh, interview, seeing civilization and wanting to talk to you. What 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 do you think they saw in it that they thought we want some of that? I genuinely no idea. I think probably just the fact that at the time we were selling more copies of Civilization in McNally Jackson than any other magazine. <laughs> I think it might have been, you know, the first couple of issues we sold. I think I think the guy, the, the lady at McNally said that we sold more than anyone else. So I think it was just sort of word got out. <laughs> and, I, and I think it might have just been yeah. that and kind of just working with, you know, and the motivations being to do something with, people who are kind of doing interesting things rather than looking at the kind of product itself and thinking we need, we need that replicated. Um, you know, but I, th- I think, you know, people like to work with kind of people who feel as if they're kind of 
being talked about or doing some things that are a little bit different, I think. I think it probably was that motivation. But I've never really asked the question, honestly. I mean, um, I mean the other aspect of it is that that I I was I, I'd done a few things for O32C and Mel and Tom at the time, Tom Betridge, both came from O32C. So I so, so they were kind of aware of me beforehand, you know, and and kind of and and Tom's a good friend and Luke, it's all it's all very incestuous honestly so but but there were that that was you know there, there was also that as well coming at it i think you know i think having doing civilization was, was a good calling card if you like was a good thing to kind of put on kelly who who i interview his desk and say like we should talk to this guy i think but like as i said i i'd never met mel before i, I, I was aware of mel but 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 he really liked it and i think it was just the fact that we were doing something kind of interesting that was the, the, the pull rather than typography um, into my eye, there are visual similarities. I can see it doesn't surprise me to put the two magazines next to each other and think they 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 have some degree of crossover. But presumably, you have to sort of pigeonhole the two projects and have some sort of sense of you know not letting. You said it before that um, that that there are big pieces in my work that I do where I'm kind of like scaffolding and. The kind of the person who works with an editor to kind of to to you know that kind of collaboration is is and, and that's what interview is. It's like you know it's Mel's magazine really. You know I kind of you know and it's always been Mel's magazine. Even when there was another editor there, he got he was kind of promoted to editor in chief a few months ago. But you know he's just he's this incredible, beautiful, wonderful, chaotic force of nature. And you know when you kind of get presented and kind of teamed up with someone like that you know, you've got to kind of work out what your relationship to him is, you know, and much the same way as working out what my relationship to Josh, who I did business with, with or Lucas, or do you, you know, mm-hmm. civilization, but you know, you kind of have to figure out your relationship and kind of, and I'm quite, you know, everything that I do is like a, is a collaboration. Every, literally everything I do, I've never done anything kind of on my own. Um, so, but going with interview, it's, you know, I am, you know, me and Mel talk all the time, you know, he's, but he's kind of off shooting. He is absolutely the visual, you know, every single picture in that magazine, you know, has, is, comes from him pretty much, I'd say, you know, certainly kind of 80%, you know, he's really just has, has this kind of relentless eye on every single image, particularly. I then take those images and mix them with some words and make a magazine you know like i i kind of come in sort of you know i'm you know we meet every week and you know it's it's not just me disappearing and kind of coming back but we have a kind of a two or three week production kind of process vigorous production process towards the end and that and that's really when i show up and you know take all these images and and, and weave them together and like knit them into a kind of a magazine that sort of yeah, that 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 that's my kind of role there, and kind of you know, obviously I, I'm responsible for the kind of like the type decisions and the designs was called, was you know I kind of I, I did that right at the start, you know it was it was sort of my idea to not have a front middle and end of the magazine, for example, of kind of so we just every page is exactly the same structure, exactly the same, you know there aren't any kind of little articles, there aren't any big articles, they're just all the same articles. Uh, am I right, Richard, in thinking there isn't a grid? No, there is a grid. There's a grid. There's um, it's no, there is. Yeah, there's, there's a grid. Yeah, we we have. It's like it, we 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 started off not having a grid, and then we decided to have a grid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I guess you know because we, uh, the first when we first did it, we just scaled everything to fit a certain kind of space in, on on the pages, and then and then it just I don't know. I think 
that, that that idea just started to become more and more clumsy. And then in, in, in you know, there's a sort of a transitional kind of part where we, we inherited the magazine, the kind of more traditional magazine formats. And because they bought the paper for the year, we had we were kind of like locked into that. So that and we like the first issue was September, whenever it was. And so we had like three issues, I think. And then we moved to the kind of the bigger format because we always wanted to kind of to, to do that. And I think the transition to the kind of bigger format was just it, it, it just, you know, it was a really interesting, you know, it became much more of um, an object, I think, at that point in my hands, like the paper, you know, beforehand, the paper was just like magazine paper, but now the paper feels like, you know, it kind of, it has a kind of quality of its own, and and I think as a consequence of that, the design had to be less, you know, you just had to kind of, you know, you, you sort of just have to fall behind, you know, fall in line, right, behind the, the product, the paper, the kind of the way it's printed, the pictures and just understand your, you know, where in line you are. And, you, and I think the design is about the third most important thing in that, you know, in, in that relationship with pictures probably in this first, the project, you know, the paper and the kind of the, 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 the kind of physical object itself is the second most important. And then the design sort of like holds that kind of stuff together. And I think that that feels, you know, there's certainly some times where we kind of like turn the design up a little bit, but you know, it's it's quite a sparse kind of minimally produced. We really only produce one type. You know, we only, I mean, there's a little bit of medium Caslon in there, but it's really just produced with one typeface. Um, and as I said, you know, we have this kind of form where we don't have front, middle, and ends. And so we did the last, literally on the last day, we decide the order of the magazine. And so we kind of put it all together. We like lay it out and shuffle it around. And so it, it would kind of creates this really nice spontaneity, I think, where you're kind of like not looking at. It's it, quite accidental. It wasn't intentional that, but kind of it, it 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 enables us to kind of to create these kind of contrasting kind of pages that sit next to each other, and it, it enables us to kind of blow it up a bit and kind of just to to kind of to, for it to feel fresh again in our brains when you kind of like see it. In certain and, and I can see that stage is is a very collaborative one. I can, you know, the whole, the whole thing is very collaborative. Honestly, I mean, mm. like like you know, it's but 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 you were you, you were talking about your collaborations with these various kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, collaborators, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, your partners in in projects. I find that really interesting, and uh, I think it goes beyond individuals. I mean, the various there's always other people. There's Kurt on interview. There's uh, there was Jennifer at, at Business Week. There, there are other lots of other voices around in there, um, and you seem to be very good at sort of bringing people out into out themselves into teams to contribute in a really positive manner. But there must be times when whoever you and mel or you and lucas sort of don't agree on a on a, on a, on a, an issue whether it's a big issue or a tiny detail what happens then yeah i mean how, do, how, how does that work out <laughs> i don't think me and lucas we disagree that much you know i think that kind of you know we we we're sort of you know I, I think i'm probably more assertive in this civilization thing i think just because i kind of control all pieces of it really you know that that maybe i kind of but it's not—it's not as if we ever really have fallings out. I mean, you know, you know, in that respect. But I suppose if we did, then well, we'd have to see what happens in that instance. But but we're we're generally pretty kind of close and sort of understand each other. And I take his input and respect his decisions completely. And so, the interview. I mean, I I I kind of you know it sounds a bit weird, but like I kind of care a little bit less. I don't. I'm not a big battle fighter you know I don't you know or, or rather I kind of pick my battles you know I don't you know I, I, I've in, in experience has taught me that going toe-to-toe over every single decision that you don't quite agree with 
is not a good strategy for any number of reasons. It's exhausting. You know, you, you, you miss, you know, sometimes, you, you know, if, if you fly off the handle or just decide something isn't right, you know, you just haven't really sat with the, the thought long enough. And, you know, you kind of just, you have to be kind of careful that you don't, that, that it's not ego getting in the way or kind of, you know, so I, I'm, my instinct is, you know, I'm quite a sort of soft, soft power sort of person. Really. You know, there, you know, there may be moments where I feel very sort of, you know, more inclined to kind of to, to, to shake my fist, but I can't really think of many, you know, I, I, it's just graphic design, right? It's just, it doesn't really feel <laughs> worthwhile. I always used to say when I was at Business Week where, where we kind of would put something on the wall looking at it and kind of like the editors would be kind of like oh don't know what's going on there and kind of like that you know that it's obviously kind of upsetting when someone doesn't like the thing you've done right it's 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 annoying they don't get it you know maybe you haven't described it well enough um but kind of I, and, and after that I, I always used to say look, look just sit down with the editor and kind of just like just just sketch their their idea out with you you know like just 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 take the time you know and I think so two things two things I think would happen as a consequence of that one is that the editor would get bored and realise that actually you did know what you were talking about initially and that their idea didn't really work, you know. But just as often, it's like the process of doing that would would reveal something about the design or the idea or the planning that, that you hadn't necessarily considered as a designer or you hadn't kind of thought about through and would give you another or better idea, you know. So I think that kind of, not you know and that I think I kind of teaching myself that or kind of realizing myself that and, and applying that to my own sort of how how I deal with kind of conflict or kind of people who kind of come at me or kind of just don't really like what I've done it's like you know it's a kind of quite a complicated way of just sort of sifting through what actually is going on as opposed to them just not not liking it being pink or something you know you know like like a lot of, you know it, a lot a lot a lot of the time when people say point at something and don't like it it's, it's not that they don't like the color pink it's just they don't really you know they don't, don't quite know how to articulate the reason they don't like it so they kind of just pick on the they don't like the pink or whatever so you know it, it is a bit of a kind of you know it's in experience teaches you ways to deal with those kind of situations i think so um you know, and, and as I said, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's just a magazine, isn't it? You know I mean, it's just a sort of bit of type of <laughs> yeah. thing. If, if, you know, I mean, it sounds d- dismissive, but it, it really is true. You know, I, I don't want to, like, lose sleep over or kind of get myself worked up over, a, you know, just a decision that doesn't really matter. And kind of the longer term goals of kind of maintaining good relationships and friendships with people and kind of, you know, enjoy the process are more important to me than, you know, winning a battle over a headline. Richard, thank you so much. I, mean, I, I feel I feel we could just carry on talking, but we okay. you need to get on with, <laughs> your, with your day. And, but thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Very much looking forward to hearing more about the collaboration at Mag Culture Live when you speak with, with Mel Ottenberg in New York in a few weeks' time. Yeah, looking forward to that too. Look forward to catching up then. Huge thanks to Richard and to Claire for joining us for this episode of the Mag Culture Podcast. Check the Mag Culture website for details of everything we're doing in New York around our Mag Culture Live event. Uh, also for all our regular interviews, reviews and posts. Uh, and see you next time.